following message was given at Emanuel Baptist Church, Coconut Creek, Florida. If you want to turn back to John 10, if you're not already there, that's where our meditation this afternoon will be taken from. I'm going to read to you again uh, verses 14 and 15 of John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for our sheep. Now, I want to keep our meditation uh, brief this afternoon and to focus our attention upon our Savior, the one whose atoning work for our sins we remember at the Lord's table, and the one with whom we have communion as we draw near to Him, and He draws near to us by the Holy Spirit in this ordinance that He has appointed for His church. The Lord Jesus, He is described for us in many different ways in the Bible by many metaphors. Uh, that uh, direct us to various aspects of his office and of his character as the Savior of sinners. But none, I think, is more precious than the one that we have here in the text that I've just read to you. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And I want us to think for a few moments about what this means, that Jesus is the good shepherd. How is this opened up for us in the Word of God and alluded to in, in this chapter? We read the larger section of that in our scripture reading. Well, first of all, this reminds us that Jesus has a flock. Speaking of Christ in Isaiah 4.11, the prophet says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom. In Luke 12.32, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdoms. Jesus has a flock. Jesus is the good shepherd, and his people are described as his sheep. But now, how is his flock identified? Is everyone or all men, all women in the world, are they all part of his flock? No, on down in this 10th chapter of John, Jesus says to certain persons, you may have noticed when we were reading, he said to them, you are not of my sheep. And he says that they are not of his sheep, because they don't believe upon him. You see, the sheep of Christ have certain marks by which they're known. In olden days, it was very common for shepherds to mark uh, their sheep, their own sheep. They marked them in order to identify them. Well, the sheep of Christ have certain marks. And what are those marks that are mentioned in this passage? Well, the first mark I just mentioned is that they believe on him. Now, what does this mean to believe on him in the biblical sense of those words? Well, think about sheep. The picture of sheep uh, is intended to point us to something about the character and the ways of Christians. In a society where sheep and shepherds were a common part of life, to refer to God's people as sheep would immediately bring to mind the ideas of weakness, helplessness, and dependence. And this is one of the characteristics of Christ's sheep. They feel themselves to be weak and sinful and needy, and they place their entire dependence upon Jesus Christ to save them. That's what it means to believe on Jesus Christ. We know and feel ourselves to be weak and sinful and helpless, and we look to Christ and commit our souls into His hands, believing His promise to save us. And this is one of the marks of Christ's sheep. 
And sometimes his sheep struggle with fears and doubts about the state of their soul. As they think about their many sins and their failures and that weighs upon them and they fear that perhaps all is not well. But in those fears and in the sense of their sinfulness and weakness, they don't look to themselves for comfort. They don't look to their own efforts. They don't look to their good works. They don't look to their religious practices. They look to Jesus alone as the only one who can save them. And they find comfort in him and his promises to receive them as they come to him for mercy. Their trust is in Christ alone, the good shepherd. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to his cross I cling. Christ's sheep hold to him, sink or swim. If I perish, I perish at the foot of the cross, clinging to his feet. But, but they know that no sinner, however great their sins, ever perished there, right? Our Lord's promise will never fail. Him who comes to me, I will by no means Cast out. This is what Christ's sheep do. Trusting the good shepherd as a helpless, little, dependent lamb. So this is one of the marks of Christ's sheep. And if that's you, then you can know and be assured that you are one of his sheep. And then the second mark of Christ's sheep mentioned here is that they follow him. They believe on him and they follow him. Jesus says in verse 27 of this 10th chapter of John, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Not only do they believe on him, they follow him. Not perfectly, not sinlessly, but being in union with Jesus Christ by faith, spirit-given faith, God's spirit has secretly worked within them giving them a heart that sincerely desires and endeavors to follow and to obey their shepherd, to obey his voice speaking to them in his word. They seek to walk in his steps and to obey all of his commandments. And their greatest grief is when they fail to do so. This is another one of the marks of Christ's sheep. And so Christ very helpfully, very simply describes himself here as the good shepherd. And the first thing this tells us is that Jesus has a flock and his sheep can be identified by these two simple marks. They believe on him and they follow him. So my friend, do you believe on him? Is all of your hope and trust in Christ alone? As a helpless lamb, sinful, needy, depending upon him alone for your salvation and do you follow him? Is your desire and your endeavor to follow him in all that he tells you to do? Well, if so, you're one of his sheep. And now notice, secondly, we're told what the good shepherd does for his sheep. What does Christ do for his sheep? Well, first of all, most importantly, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus says in verse 11 and in verse 15 of this chapter, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. And Jesus, as you know, is speaking here of his sufferings and his death upon the cross. And he's reminding us that he went to that cross voluntarily. He was not the hopeless victim of, of men. He went to the cross voluntarily. He says in verse 18, I lay down my life. No one takes it from me. I lay it down to myself. And why did he do that? He did it for his sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. And what was Jesus doing when he gave himself up to the death of the cross? What was happening on the cross? There on that cross, 
Jesus, the Son of God who became man, was suffering and dying as the substitute for his people, for every sinner who is trusting in him and puts their trust in him. God the Father sent his Son into the world to save sinners by taking our sins upon himself. Our guilt was put to the account of the sinless Lord Jesus. All of our sins, even one of which is enough to damn us to hell forever. Sins of thought, unkind thoughts, covetous thoughts, envy, jealousy, bitterness, an unforgiving spirit, lust, pride, hatred, hardness of heart, ingratitude, unbelief, the sins of living for self as your own God and, and loving, uh, not loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, sins of thought and sins of the heart, and also sinful actions and deeds, drunkenness, fornication, adultery, murder, stealing, lying, disobedience to parents, Sabbath-breaking. Jesus took all of those sins and he bore all of that guilt to the cross. All of those sins were credited to his account, and he was treated by the Father as the guilty one. And there, voluntarily and in love for his sheep, he suffered in his own body and soul the wrath and punishment that we deserve for our sins. And he did that so that we won't have to endure that punishment in hell for all eternity. He did it so that God could remain holy and just, and yet at the same time pour out his mercy to sinners like you and me who don't deserve it. Jesus did it for whosoever will believe on him and follow him as their shepherd. He did it for his sheep, and God raised him from the dead, testifying that that sacrifice was accepted by him and it was sufficient. So that's the first thing he does for his sheep. He lays down his life for the sheep. Secondly, he knows his sheep. He knows his sheep. He says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. He knows them with a special intimate knowledge of interest and affection. He knows your name, your family, the place where you live, your circumstances, your experiences, your concerns, the things that trouble you your trials. He knows all of the history of your life. The world may not know them, but Jesus knows every single one of his sheep with special interest, love, and affection. I know my sheep, he said. And then thirdly, Christ the good shepherd keeps and preserves his sheep all the way to the end. Jesus says in verses 27 to 28, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give to them eternal Life and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Jesus keeps and preserves his sheep. Nothing or no one is able to snatch us out of his hand. He never loses one of them, not even one of them. If we wander away, he goes after us and he finds us and he brings us back into the fold. Sometimes sheep do that. Even true sheep, they lose their way. They may even backslide for a time, but the good shepherd never loses them. He seeks them, he goes after them, he finds them, and he brings them back so that none of them will be lost. And then notice, fourthly, the good shepherd gives them eternal life. Jesus says, I give them eternal life. By the way, that's another Evidence that he never loses them because it wouldn't be eternal. 
life, right? This new life He gives to us is eternal. And it, 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 there's a consummation of that life in eternity forever in the glory to come. He takes us safely all the way to heaven to be with Him in glory. Death is part of the awful curse that sin brought on the human race when mankind fell in the garden in the person of our father, Adam, long ago. For those who don't know Christ, death is the ultimate loss, the ultimate defeat, that which they fear more than anything else. But such is not the case for the Christian. Because of what Christ, the good shepherd, has done and promised to do for his sheep, we who are Christians have an entirely different perspective when it comes to death. Christ has taken the sting out of death for all those who are trusting in him. And so, brothers and sisters, let us rejoice this afternoon in our good shepherd. And he draws near to us. He's promised that he would draw near to us. And we need to understand that the Lord's Supper, though it is a memorial, it's more than a memorial. It's not just looking back, but Christ promises to have fellowship with us and to commune with us and to draw near to us. And as we partake of that cup and that bread, we're reminded that we have a vital, living, intimate union with Him, that we are, we are members of His body, that we're part of Him, so that everything that He has done is credited to us. We, we, die, we, we were chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. We died in Him. Our old man under the condemnation of our sin, guilty, defiled, damned, was, died with Him. We were punished in Him. We were buried with Him. We were raised together. Now the new man in Christ, in union with Him. We're seated with Him, it says, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're going to be with Him because He's accomplished it all for us. And we're in. Our life is hid with God in Christ, the Bible says. And we are His sheep. And He draws near to us tonight in the Lord's table. He sets before us these emblems of his broken body and shed blood. And he draws near to us in love to assure us by these tangible, touchable, tasteable symbols that all is well. That he loves us. That he will always love us. That he will never stop loving you. And all that is necessary for your eternal salvation has all been done and accomplished once and for all. Now, perhaps there's someone here who doesn't belong to Christ. My friend here this afternoon, what about you? Are you one of Christ's little lambs, young people, children? Are you one of Christ's little lambs? Are you one of His sheep? You can be by believing upon Him and following Him. Believing and trusting in Him. His promise to save all who come to Him to be saved from their sins, to be reconciled to God, believing Him, trusting Him, and then, by God's help, following Him. Do you have the marks of Christ's sheep? If not, it's my prayer that this afternoon you will come to this good shepherd. By faith, cry to Him to have mercy upon your soul, and He won't turn you away. He will hear your cry. He will save you. Believe His promise that whoever believes in Me shall not perish, but I give to them eternal life, and no one is able to snatch them out of My hand. What a wonderful Savior.
that we have in Jesus Christ. We hope you were edified by this message. For additional sermons, as well as information on giving to the ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church and on our current building project, you can visit us online at ebcfl.org. That's ebcfl.org.